Hi, welcome to the Strong as a Mama podcast. This is a place for moms to feel seen and heard during the intense personal transformation we all go through when becoming a mother. I'm your host, Mary Hansen, and today's guest is Cassidy. Hi, Cassidy. Hi. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Thank you so much for coming on here. You're so busy with your your three little ones and you're pretty fresh postpartum. So um, I know that this was a lot for you to to sneak away and record this. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> Hopefully it's a nice little break. Oh, definitely. Um, but how Cassidy and I actually know each other is we've been friends for I mean, it, it's been like 12 years. Yeah. 2011 that we met, yeah. right? Yeah. So we first met in community theater. We were in Cinderella together. And I was Cinderella and she was one of my stepsisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just became great friends. She was hilarious in that role. Um, probably way too pretty to be uh, one of the stepsisters, but... No. <laughs> um, she's a very talented performer. And then we actually did a lot of princess parties together as well. So tons of fun. And now we're both moms and not so much in the, the princess performer world, but in the, um, I mean, there's still a lot of princesses in my world. Mine too. Because of my little girls. Are your girl? <laughs> Yeah. years into princesses yeah she just hit the and i didn't even have to like prompt it but she is full frozen full frozen mode elsa and anna all day every day so i'm pretty oh my excited gosh. About it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great yes um have you have you listened to the to frozen on broadway at all yeah a little bit I'm actually obsessed with it, and my girls are obsessed with that one, too. We listen to that in the car all the time, and I love it. Oh. Um, actually, next week is Ivy's birthday party, and we're doing a Frozen party, and I'm going to have Elsa come and the whole thing. So That is <laughs> like so dream exciting. come true. I'm totally, I'm totally going to do that for Isla's in August, have a princess. I It is my dream come true. Like, princess parties are great, but being a princess party mom, even better. <laughs> Yes, I'm so excited. Does she turn three in August? Yeah, she'll be three in August. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm actually getting way ahead of myself here and sidetracked. I'm getting ahead of myself and sidetracked at the same time. Okay, so pause and can you introduce yourself to us a little bit and just tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I am. My name's Cassidy. Like you said, I live in Eagle Mountain, Utah. i pretty simple. There's not too many crazy things. I have three kids. I have um, Jackson, um, who is my oldest. He'll be four next month. And then we have our little two-year-old Isla. Um, she'll be three in August. So they're 18 months apart. And then um, our littlest, Audrey, is going to be three months old tomorrow. So it is a full house. And yeah, my husband and I have been married for about five years. And yeah, we just, I work very very part-time at a pharmacy I do marketing for them and it's the best um so yeah that's what I do I my hobbies now usually include just sleeping and escaping and doing fun things like this whenever I can um 
but yeah, that is pretty much life right now is just trying to wrangle in little children and just find joy and like the simpler things for now. Yes. Oh my gosh, that I resonate with that so much. And even you saying that your hobbies are sleeping. It's like if you have a free minute right now, especially you fresh postpartum, like are you gonna are you gonna do some activity or are you gonna catch up on like a little tiny bit of sleep? <laughs> Oh, it's so real. Oh, yes. Tonight is a big night because so normally I don't really like sleep train or sleep um, teach until like four months ish. But and so we've been letting my little my littlest Audrey kind of will like watch it with me on the couch and like she'll hang out with us down there until like 10. But I've decided since she initially falls asleep at like nine and has been giving me a really good stretch of like she's been like a rock star with like eight hours for the last week so i'm gonna put her in her crib at nine tonight and have no babies in my arms for like two hours and go to bed at like 11 and it's i'm i'm really excited kind of nervous but that's like a big step for me when i can kind of get my nights back (laughs) oh my gosh yeah oh it's huge i don't know like mama has arrived like having a minute at night to like yeah. you could wash your face you could like take a shower you could you know just the world is your oyster <laughs> I am so yeah I am so excited my husband's been saying this for like I don't know like three weeks now he's been like she she like just kind of sleeps there for like two hours while we watch a movie you can put her up and like we can have some time <laughs> you know? poor guy he's so patient <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I don't I'm just not ready. They're just so little still. But yeah, so she's been doing good. So we're gonna try that tonight. Oh my gosh. Well, good luck. I'm gonna surprise him and like walk downstairs with no baby and be like, is anything different about me? I'm not holding an infant. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Good luck. It's, it's a big deal. <laughs> but no, it is a big deal. Thank you. Good luck. I hope it goes really, really good. The eight hour stretches are impressive. She she's been an angel. Like she she's definitely the chillest out of the three so far. So, but probably she has no choice. The other two took up all the crazy. So, <laughs> she has no choice but to be the chillest. That's good though. Oh my goodness. So how? Um. So your first two are eighteen months apart. What is that gap then between Isla and Audrey? So they're uh, like two years and two months apart. Okay. So we waited a tiny bit longer, but. I, when I when we first initially when I first got pregnant started having kids I was very very sick and so I told my husband like okay we're gonna pick a number and let's decide on like a goal of children and let's bust them out because I want this period of my life to be over with as soon as I can have it over with and so yeah we we've stayed kind of to that plan and just kind of had them Luckily, we've been really lucky where it has not been hard to get pregnant for us. Uh, he basically looks at me. And so we've been very <laughs> blessed because I know I know that isn't the case in a lot of situations. So, but yeah, we've been blessed with that. And so, yeah, that's kind of, but I think we might have Audrey be our grand finale is kind of where I'm at. Oh, <laughs> She's so sweet. And I she was the tiebreaker of the two genders. And so... I don't know. I, I might feel differently in a couple of years, you know, but I don't know. We feel pretty, we pretty feel so full and so blessed right now. So 
very happy and very lucky with that. That's awesome. So was three the original goal number then, or has that lowered a little bit? No. It, for me, like, I, I, I'm like a weird person, and I've been planning my family since I was like eight. Same. But I've always wanted four. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted four. That just sounded such a, like such a good number. And when I was pregnant with my son, I was like, you know what? Maybe I want five. I don't know what possessed me to think that because I remember I was really sick and I was thinking that in the shower one day. And I was like, you know what? I think I can bust out five. <laughs> but now then I then we had our girl, our first girl. And I was like, mm, maybe three. <laughs> she's she's a drama queen to end all drama queens. But she's lovely. <laughs> but yeah, so it was originally four. It could still be four. That I feel like that um you make a plan and then it always like life has other plans <laughs> a yes. lot of the time so it's so true which that but for now three <laughs> yeah that that's good you're like okay we're in a good place maybe there will be more but um yeah it's interesting because um which I okay I used to think that I was somebody who was gonna have like eight kids no joke um which is not no, I do not feel I'm not that woman anymore. I don't feel <laughs> that way, um, which I won't like go into that. But we our number that we've kind of always felt was four as well. Um, but I'm just kind of I've been telling my husband, like, I just kind of feel like one more would be just great. Like three. I could feel really good about three. Um but he's not sold on that idea. Not that he's the one, you know, birthing these children or anything. But his thing is um, he really, really wants a boy. And I do, too. We have two little girls. And he also, he really, really wants two boys so that they have a brother. Because he grew up with all sisters and he just always wanted a brother so much. And so he's like, you know, if we have a third and it's another girl then we need to try at least one more time to get at least one boy but then if we have a third and it's a boy then we need to try and give him a brother <laughs> so in his mind we're just stuck at four yeah. but we'll see that's so sweet and honestly that is a big reason why I'm still like that door is still kind of open for me is I I would love my son to have a brother but because yeah my husband he has brothers and he's really close to his brothers and I think that's just the sweetest we were we were for sure that our we thought for sure our third one was going to be a boy um I don't really know why we thought that initially we just thought for sure that she was going to be a boy and I I felt comfortable with that because I was like Isla I think she can hold her own as being the only girl but I think like boys and brothers just sound so sweet to me but Cameron, my husband, he's opposite. If anybody was to press for another child, it'd probably be me. Cameron's like, we are like three's great. <laughs> We're golden. So he's he seems to think Jackson's just he's just fine without a brother. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll have to. See. And if only you could guarantee, like, okay, well, we need a, a boy to round things mm -hmm. out, you know. But you might you're just rolling the dice. Anyways, yeah, it's so true. Yes. Um, okay, so I know that you said that you have been blessed with, you know, getting pregnant when, you know, easily and everything. And um, one of the things, one of the reasons why we wanted to record this conversation, one of the things we really want to talk about is even though that's the case, um, 
you haven't always experienced uh, getting your children here going how you wanted and you've experienced loss. And so, um, yeah, thank you so much for being willing to talk about this and share about this because the whole purpose of this podcast is talking about that motherhood is a personal transformation. And I think that these experiences are a huge part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so just take us back. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. you. Yeah. I will take you back from wherever you want me to start. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and start as far back as you need. You said you've been planning your family since you were eight. If you need to go back that far or just like when you got married, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, I... I was one of those kids who I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I was very passionate about like motherhood and very excited about the idea. I obviously had no, really no idea what motherhood entails or, you know, I obviously had a very fairytaleized, I, or I, that's probably not the word, but you know, like a very happy, you know, easygoing idea of what motherhood was until like you get in there and then motherhood is different for everybody and looks different for everybody. Um, but when my husband and I got married, we decided we were like, okay, we're going to enjoy our first year of marriage, not try for kids. We're just, we're going to travel and, you know, look at, you know, housing or whatever we wanted to accomplish before we started having babies. And we both agreed on that. And about, it was almost six months into our marriage. And I just, maybe even a month before that, I just like felt this like huge push. Like, just like, I felt so strongly that there was someone who wanted to come to our family. Like I felt just the strongest, like it would almost like make me, make me cry. Like it was just pulling at my heart, like so strong. And I'm a girl of my word. So I hate it. I would I hated the idea of bringing this up to my husband of let's have babies, you know, when we had this plan. But um, yeah, I got to the point where I, one night I just sat him down and I was like, I, I was the one I was taking birth control pills at the time. So um, I, I was sat him down and I said, Hey, listen, I know we said a year and I know that you really love that idea of the year. And I really respect that. But I cannot keep telling this little spirit or whoever is talking to me or whatever I'm feeling right now, I can't keep being the one saying no. So if we're going to keep preventing this, you're going to need to prevent it. And I can't keep doing it anymore. And the next month we were praying. <laughs> so we agreed on. <laughs> I got a birth control and I just said, okay, balls in your court. If you want to prevent it, it's, it's up to you. But I, I can't keep saying no. I feel too too emotional about this and yeah so the next month we were pregnant and I I remember I was actually on a business trip when I found out I was in San Diego and I it was probably I tested so I brought like little dollar store birth uh, pregnancy tests with me and because I was just so anxious to know <laughs> to be pregnant and I I was testing really early like it was probably two weeks you know after you know, I, I could have been pregnant and they tell you to wait until your first missed period. But I, I couldn't wait naturally knowing that's just my personality. I, my patient's level, it's not great. <laughs> um, but so I brought these tests with me to this business trip and I tested and there was just the faintest line. And this was my first time 
you know, obviously doing a pregnancy test. So I didn't really know what I was looking at. I Googled like, how strong does the line have to be? Like, I swear I'm seeing something. And um, the next morning I tried with a different one and I saw like a little faint, tiny little faint line again. And so I was like, okay, I think this is it. And um, I, after my meetings that day, I walked down to one of the, I think it was like a Walgreens, something close to our hotel. And I bought one of the more like pricier ones that, you know, would give you a like more of confirmed answer. And it was positive. And I was like, I just felt this insane feeling of just, I made it. Like, I just felt so, I can't even describe like the happiness in that moment of, it just felt like my dreams had come true. Like, I was so excited. And I felt so validated too, because I just felt, I knew this little spirit was, you know, prompting me or, you know, talking to me in a way that they wanted to come they needed to be here like I felt so validated and knew that this was meant to be and just so happy and that whole trip it was so impossible to concentrate on anything else I remember like I I didn't I wanted to tell my husband in person really bad so I I didn't call my husband right away and I kind of just like kept it a little secret it was just like a weekend so it wasn't going to be a long time but one of the days I I work for a pharmacy so we were learning about um, medications for animals in this particular um, this conference and one of the days was spent at SeaWorld and when I was a small child there was a particular ride at SeaWorld um, that terrified my nightmare like still kind of haunts my nightmares like the memory of this ride and so my big goal for going to SeaWorld that day because I knew we'd have some free time was to like conquer this ride like as an adult like go on it but like, and I was so stoked to do that, but I found out I was pregnant. And so I, I didn't go on any rides. I didn't do like, I just did all of the rules to the, I gave up Diet Coke too. Wow. And Diet Coke is a passion of mine, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure my blood is made up of 90% Diet Coke, but I stopped Diet Coke. I, yeah, I didn't go on any rides. I just remember, but I wasn't like, it wasn't even a second thought to me that I wasn't going on any rides or playing with the other people you know in in my group I was just so over the moon and I kind of let them kind of do their own thing and I just like walked through that park that whole day of just imagining like bringing a child maybe here one day and just like I was just so so felt so complete like in that moment and um I got home and I I bought my husband this little keychain that said number one dad and um, he picked me up from the airport and I was like, oh, I got you something in San Diego. And like I handed him the keychain and that's why I kind of told him we were pregnant and we were so excited and it was it was so great. And that was it was so exciting. And I went to my doctor to confirm, like um, to have them test and confirm because I'm a very thorough person. <laughs> so they gave me the official paperwork. They gave me my like as official of a due date they could have at that point without um, actually seeing the doctor because at this particular office they wouldn't see me until 12 weeks which is pretty far along and but they said yeah if you're not bleeding not spotting nothing like that you're good to wait until 12 weeks to see the doctor if you have any questions just call us and yeah here's your estimated due date and all that good stuff and I was yeah I was just so excited and about a week after that I became as sick as a dog and and I always I never know if it was because 
like it was my first pregnancy and I hadn't experienced pregnancy sick before because for me that's like a whole new level of sick that I had never been like that in my life um so I I always think I was the sickest with my first baby but I never like I don't know I don't know if it was just my mind couldn't handle what was happening to me but I was so sick um so I yeah so it was like that for about for 12 weeks and I remember I got my 12 weeks on the dot I went into the doctor the day after Mother's Day and um and I remember even like Mother's Day going to church um our little um in our church we have a little primary program with a ton of little kids who like to sing songs to their mothers on Mother's Day so they all get up and sing a song and they were singing their Mother's Day song and I just I had this overwhelming gratitude like that that you know I was gonna hear my little baby one day sing me a Mother's Day song and I just felt like the luckiest woman in the whole world like how easy it was and how just still so validated like this was meant to be my story I was meant to be a mother like clearly and um yeah so the next day was my doctor's appointment and I uh went in and right around this time too I remember like kind of I was about 12 weeks and the sickness was just kind of getting better too which is right like textbook kind of when they say it starts to kind of get better around 12 weeks and you're like oh so I was like following textbook book and I had like no other pregnancies well sorry no other pregnancy issues besides the sickness so I wasn't bleeding wasn't spotting nothing just sick as a dog you know even like I was starting to get a tiny little bit of a bump you know and anyway so I went into my doctors and I was seeing him I decided to see a midwife um at first and so she brought me in and they had a little bedside table ultrasound and I was so excited and I had my mom there and my husband and she was scanning and she was kind of she was taking a while like but I had never this was my first ultrasound so I had no idea how these were supposed to work and so she was just she was really trying to look and like see and she she wasn't saying anything and um she was like you know, I, I need to get someone else to kind of look at this for me. So just hang tight. I need to get someone else. And so she left. And so I kind of sat up and my mom was like, like, are you okay? Like my mom. And that was the first time it dawned on me that maybe something wasn't right. <laughs> Cause I had been so sick that like, and everything seemed so fine. Like, even though I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen anything on the ultrasound. Like this was, that was like when my mom asked me if I was doing okay, like, it, that was the first time it clicked in my brain like oh my gosh like could something not be right <laughs> and um so she had a doctor come in and he did the ultrasound and he basically he told me that um the baby had stopped developing weeks weeks before like in fact like barely anything like he like the baby had barely started developing but there was no baby like or well there was a baby, but it was not developed, not nearly close to 12 weeks. And I, my body had failed to miscarry it. And he told me that was called a miscarriage and my body was not, um, doing its job in properly miscarrying the baby. And, and I was, I was, I think I was in shock. I didn't, I was like, can you check again? And I, I've been so sick. Like, there is no way. And I kept saying, like, no, there's no way this could be happening. And um, he said, okay, 
you can go home tonight. We'll scan it again um, with our bigger ultrasound machine in the morning just to see. Because another argument was like, could my dates have possibly been wrong? Could something have been wrong? You know? And so he, I think he was just humoring me because I was obviously like not taking no for an answer. <laughs> and so he just had me come in um, the next morning. And I remember the, the ultrasound uh, technician was kind of annoyed that I was there the next morning. She was just like, you know, why are you here? <laughs> but she, they all humored me and just confirmed that, that yeah, the, the baby was gone at that point. And so I, I went and met with the doctor after that. And he told me um, that I could go one of two ways. He said that I could take a medication that would help my body um, be able to miscarry. And I could do that at home. Or um, I could uh, do a, an op uh, I don't, an operation, I guess, a procedure is a better word, yeah. <laughs> a procedure called a DNC, and um, he could take care of it that way. Um, so I opted for the medication um, to be able to do it at home, um, and and I I was completely broken. I was I was so I. I was like shocked still, but, um, I remember when the, the sobs finally started to hit. Cause I, I don't think I had cried at all. Like the night before I, d I just was like in a weird fog of like, I, you know, I was, I was dreaming almost in a way like there is no way I spent 12 weeks being super sick. Like, um, so I, after they had me get my blood drawn, um, after a meeting with the doctor and deciding to get on the medication, they had me go get my blood drawn. And the poor little uh, girl who was helping me get my blood drawn, I think she she was new, so she was just trying a few times. And I, I started sobbing, and I I felt bad. And I, I told her I was like, "It's not you." I was like, "I just I lo I just was told I lost my baby." It's and just her poor face was just she felt so bad, and it was it was a mess and. I ended up, my mom and dad were in the process of moving from their St. George home at that point. Um, so I ended up saying, I'm going to go do this um, in St. George with my mom. Um, and when, in hindsight, it wasn't a great idea. I should have done it at home with my husband. We had been married like less than a year. We dated, we only dated a year before that. So we were still like something this heavy for me. Um, I just, I didn't know, I didn't want to burden him in that way. And I, I think you're just not really in your right mind when you're going through something like that either. So I just, I was like, I'm going to make this easy. I'm going to just go to St. George with my mom and just do this. And hopefully, you know, my body will release the baby quickly and, you know, we can grieve and move on. And, um, anyway, but both in hindsight, both of us are like, I, I, he he thinks he should have gone with me which I agree or I should have stayed home but um anyways I I went to St. George and um took the medication and uh just the act of taking the medication alone was just so heartbreaking for me just you know even like having to like take the pill was just so final and I felt like I was doing like I was telling my body to get rid of this baby and it I I couldn't like that thought to me was just so devastating um but that and I um so I took the medication and I 
took it. I was there for like four days, I think. And it did not work. Like my body would not give up this baby at all. And which broke my heart more because I felt like my body was trying so hard to hold on to this pregnancy. And so we finally um, decided to come back and I, I scheduled a DNC and um, then that, yeah, then that process was over and I was no longer pregnant with, um, with that baby. And then, yeah, I, that was my healing process and that's what started my motherhood journey. That's my story of becoming a mom for the first time. Um, which is definitely not the way that I would have written my own story, but, um, something that I do, I, I don't feel shy about talking about because, um, although I, I wasn't able to carry the baby with me for as long as I would have hoped, um, that first joy of becoming a mom for the first time will always belong to that baby. And I, I feel that is definitely something that should be honored for, for that one, for me. And, and I am forever grateful for that baby, for giving me that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is, that's beautiful what you said about, about that joy belonging to that baby and and yeah, that, that baby is who made you a mother and who, who started your motherhood journey. And, and I believe that they're still your baby a hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. So emotionally, so you brought us up to, to when you had the DNC and so then, I mean, you wake up from surgery and what was the next step like emotionally after that? Oh, emotionally. Well, before the DNC, they told me they were going to give me this medication. That's going to make me really like everyone around me. <laughs> and it, it was so spot on. I think that was like, that was the first real emotional break I had. And it lasted probably like 24 hours when I woke up. It was so funny because the nurses helping me when I woke up, they were like, oh my gosh, most people wake up and they're like hysterical, but you seem really calm. Like, and I just, I kind of was like calm and it was almost like a peace. You know, I just, I had already, I had spent um, days before just being completely hysterical and broken. And so it was almost just like a break, a little bit, a peaceful break for about 24 hours. <laughs> and then it, it hit again. And I, I was just, I was so devastated. I was devastated for a really long time. And I think, yeah, I would just, I, it was just dark. Like everything just, I felt so undeserving of, you know, I, I felt so sorry for my husband. I felt I had ruined this journey for us. Like I, I lost our baby and I, I felt so broken. And so I was so sad. And I remember like, I can't remember when exactly, but I know it was like weeks after, a long time after the DNC, that um, I I listened to the to um, the Aladdin song. It's like that new Aladdin movie. What, what is it called? Jasmine sings it. Speechless. It's oh my, speechless. Yes, 
it's that speechless song I heard that for the first time and I really liked it and I I took a minute and I was like oh my gosh like am I allowed to like this like am I allowed to feel joy about the song like it was like a initial like I remember the moment of feeling like a spark of like kind of happy and I was like oh my gosh am I I'm not allowed to feel this like I need to be like I'm the worst person like am I allowed to feel happy about this song wow. and yeah that was like a very strong memory of after and after that um surgery in my mind was that was the first time that I was like oh I think I I feel a little bit of happiness right now with this but and then you felt like but guilt. yeah I was yes and then it was like happiness and then it was guilt and kind of questioning like no like am I you know I don't deserve to feel happy about this I deserve to be sad I, I don't have my baby and um yeah and I I would walk through like Target and like you know if I saw baby things I would I would cry I yeah I and I'm sure you know it was I was so sad and I'm sure there's you know postpartum hormones that are you that go along with that as well and yeah it was really hard it was a very hard time for me definitely the darkest point in my life was after after that then it it, did, it took a while it probably took um I told my husband we went on a date like I mean you know, we, we went, it was one of our dates and we parked our car over in this little place in American Fork where we, you know, kind of park occasionally. <laughs> and, um, I told him, I was like, I, I don't want to wait to have another, to try this again. I don't want to wait. And he was like, like, are you sure? He's like, you can take, we can take our time. Like you can take your time. And, and he, um, he was handling he he was handling it a little differently than me i think for guys for at least my husband when he attaches to baby it's more further along you know i think for women you know when a woman is carrying a baby like your whole world changes like from the minute you find out you're pregnant you know like all of a sudden everything is different you know you have a you have a baby inside of you like and you're responsible for this baby but for guys at least my guy, I think it took, it takes him a little bit longer to kind of connect. Um, so I think he, he was more just worried about me that he wanted to make sure that I would be ready, you know, for the journey again. And for me, like with, with miscarriage, anything I had heard about miscarriage, I, it was, you know, you lose your baby, but you're, you start bleeding, like your body gives you signs. So I was so blindsided with mine because I had no signs and I think that's what kind of scared me the most is I just I had my I had no idea I didn't know I did everything I could and I still like and my body was doing everything it was supposed to or I thought and I yeah it was just so blindsided by it um so but I I still told him I wanted to just jump right in again it was almost like I I wanted to right a wrong in a way like I wanted to like fix what I had broken even though like I would never get that baby back like I could never fix that pregnancy but just I guess kind of try again and try and have a successful outcome was important to me at that time too so wow so was there any part of you that felt scared about getting pregnant again or 
Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I was terrified to get pregnant again. I think my want to be a mother was still stronger than my scaredness of losing another baby. It still overpowered that. So, but I, yeah, I was terrified and we ended up getting pregnant right away again. Um, the first time we tried, we got pregnant right away. And um, I was terrified the entire time. The entire pregnancy, I was scared to death. I when we were further along and could listen at home with a Doppler, we borrowed uh, someone's Doppler and I would make my husband put his hand on my pulse on my wrist while we were listening to the heartbeat just to be sure that there was a different like rhythm with mine. So we for sure were listening to my heartbeat. And I remember making him do that every night. And I actually, I had really high blood pressure with uh, my son and and that could I mean, it could have been just because I was a stressed out mess. And I, yeah. And so there was that on top of just being stressed out. And I did develop preeclampsia the day I delivered. They like, I was getting induced at 38 weeks just because my blood pressure was so high and always kind of borderline. Um, so my doctor sent me in and they, you know, they take your blood and um, do the testing before they induce you or they, they did for me. And they were like, oh, yeah, you are positive for preeclampsia, so we're going to go ahead and get you going. But yeah, so his pregnancy, my son's pregnancy was definitely, I definitely did not have, I was so, I was grateful, but I was always so worried and so on edge. I was, yeah, I felt sick. The, I mean, I felt pregnancy sick, but I felt anxiety sick the entire time. Totally. I, I've mentioned this in some other episodes, but... I so naively for a lot of my life assumed that like if you experience loss and then you were able to get pregnant, um, then you'd be relieved or like once you, you know, got further along in the pregnancy, maybe you'd be relieved or, or something. But um, that was such a naive thought because it's like you've had that taken away, that joy taken away in the past and the fear of that happening again must have been so all-consuming. And I I don't think it's necessarily naive. I think that's the hope. You know, even, like, I had that hope that I would, like, I'd get to a certain point and I'd relax. But for me, it just never, the fear just never went away. And I think for my particular miscarriage of how it all happened, I just, I was pretty traumatized by it. So it really, it really affected my next one you know the next pregnancy and um and then you have the baby and my whole like I hadn't I spent no time preparing for postpartum with him just because I was so consumed of keeping him alive during pregnancy so when I had him I was like oh good he's out he's alive and then it's like okay let's talk about safe sleep and sit (laughs) and you know then it's this whole other thing of just just I was so anxious with his sleep and for months after he was born and yeah it was you know I am a naturally anxious person so that could have been my journey my postpartum journey anyway um but yeah I do feel like I was just bombarded with just trying to keep this poor little baby alive um and I really I think I took or well my anxiety of it took a lot of the joy I mean, I felt so much joy, but I, I was so worried all the time, too. So I felt, yeah, I think that I just had a lot of worry that maybe wasn't 
totally necessary and I could have enjoyed my son's you know newborn stage a little bit better had I been able to relax a little bit more yeah but but the anxiety it didn't just go away once he was you know no longer in your womb he because there's you know there's always things that can happen and you know where you probably just thought like oh something like that can never happen to me and then it did happen to you right exactly it's like where does the worry end um wow oh that's so hard that is that's so hard i just like my heart goes out to you so much that that was your experience did you feel like um there was anything that helped or like did it get better that anxiety or i mean like how did that go moving forward it did get better and i think for me the thing that helped was just time and with jackson with him he was my first little baby and so i think it was just a lot of learning and by my second baby it really did help for her But for me, yeah, it was just a matter of time and just kind of learning to trust myself and my instincts. Trust. I leaned a lot on my husband. I I run out of like a 10 all the time and he's at like a steady two. (laughs) So every time I would have a very anxious moment, I would just... Of anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Of anxiety. I'm like 10, you know, of stress and he's like a chill, like just two. It's easy going and it's all good. So every time like I would have like I'd feel pretty anxious about something, I would go to him and be like, This is my fear. And I would I just had to practice being really honest with him and say, This is my fear that X, Y, and Z will happen because X, Y, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Am I being irrational about this? And he would tell me yes. And some women I totally understand hate being told that they're irrational and going crazy. But for me, it really helped. And I trusted my husband to tell me when you know, I would ask him bluntly and he would say yes. And that for me did help me calm down. So I think it was just learning. Yeah. To, if I couldn't trust myself, like I should hopefully learn to trust my instincts, but if that was not working for me, I needed to be able to lean on my partner to trust him, you know? And, and I think, yeah, I, I could not have done this. I, I can't do motherhood alone. I, I don't know how I ever would because I I do need my partner to help me and be my like crutch and my leveling out for sure. So that that's what helped me, you know, get through that. And yes, it did get better. And there's so much joy in motherhood for me. And I I still feel like it is it's my best calling, the hardest and greatest thing I will ever do. And but yeah, it it does not come without its like roughness and storms for sure wow yeah well I'm so glad that he's so grounding for you and um and that you guys figured out like a rhythm that works for you guys when you were struggling or when you're stressed and um that's such a blessing husbands are a huge blessing um that's so great so you said that it was better um, with your second pregnancy, right? Did I, did you say that? Yes. Yeah. With the second, second pregnancy, it was better. And I was still anxious, um, about certain, like you'd hit certain, like every ultrasound. The most anxious I was is when I had to go into an ultrasound. 
because I would just flash back to my very first soldier's bound and just, you know, I, the thought of seeing my baby not moving or something was like terrifying to me. So that was still scary for me, but I think I was able to relax more with her. I didn't need the Doppler thing. I didn't make my husband do the Doppler thing where he had to check my pulse and baby's heartbeat at the same time. Um, so it did calm down. It wasn't perfect. Like I was still pretty anxious. Um, and I think this third pregnancy was definitely my least anxious. I was able to um, calm down a lot more with her. And I don't know if that's just, I was, I've been very distracted with my two older ones who, you know, it's hard to be so, you know, you're chasing after two toddlers. And so maybe that's a lot of why didn't have time to sit and freak out about the pregnancy as much but yeah I think by my third one it was definitely way more enjoyable minus you know all your pregnancy non-enjoyment things that come with at least mine I, I'm a terrible pregnant lady I'm sick and um uncomfortable but oh, you were sick for all all pregnancies then yes for Jackson for my boy I was sick pretty much through the whole thing it wasn't as intense as my girls were so intense like, until about 20 weeks and then it completely went away. But Jackson, it kind of lingered the whole time. But yeah, the girls were just really intense right off and then completely disappeared, turned into heartburn and stuff <laughs> towards <laughs> after 20 weeks. Which is like, is that better? In some ways, yes. In some ways, maybe not. Like... Yeah, you really do just move from like one awful thing to <laughs> to the next. Yeah. Oh man. Exactly. Yeah. Pregnancy is no walk in the park for me either. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's no joke. I'm always so jealous. My my sister in law, she's like, Yeah, I forget I'm pregnant sometimes. Like when she's pregnant and I'm like, How? <laughs> That's like amazing. I can't even imagine that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't. Sorry. Must be nice. Can't relate. Yeah. Oh my that gosh. That sounds great. Great for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. Um, wow. So thank you so much again for taking us through this. I'd love to just ask you, um, what are some lessons you feel you've learned from from your story and your journey? And I'm sure like you're still learning them I mean you're still right there right there in the thick of it with little kids and everything but what you have gone through um what are some of the lessons that you've learned so far yeah I um yeah I feel still very fresh very not professional in motherhood at all and uh and I'm definitely not a motherhood scholar like I feel like any words of advice I have or you know not not great or profound but i i do feel that i have learned that motherhood um isn't just cookie cutter you know it's not as i pictured as an eight-year-old just completely cookie cutter but it i feel like all types you know um of ways people become a mother of how you know of being a mother is uh, like uh, to be honored and to be um, is profound and um, hard and beautiful. And I, yeah, and I feel like uh, trusting, like I was saying before, trusting instincts, um, 
comes with time. And I guess probably the biggest thing that I'm still trying to teach myself is just giving myself grace and um, being okay to sit in a dirty house if my child needs me and being, and that's okay, you know, and just giving grace to the short, you know, the short stage that I have with that child, because that is another thing I learned with my first was things change so quickly. And, you know, you're always told that, you know, enjoy them now because they grow up so fast. You know, you're always told that and you're like, yeah, it's still hard now, which it is like, and I think you can still accept that this is hard um, while still giving yourself grace. And yeah, with this last pregnancy, this last baby I had, I do feel like the postpartum period has been um, like probably the best one so far for me. Um, even with my two toddlers who are crazy and keep, you know, just make everything really busy. But I think just kind of being able to like, instead of when an emotion comes, like this is really hard. Like my two-year-old is screaming at me. My baby needs to be nursed. And I don't like my son. I don't know if he ate his lunch, you know, like things that stress me out, like, um, just acknowledging like, yes, this is hard and this will pass. So it doesn't have to be either like, this is hard. It will not pass. You know, it, this is hard and this will get better. Like just sitting with the feeling of letting myself feel that it was hard instead of just wishing it away. Cause there's really, I mean, you know, if you've been with a newborn, there's really no wishing away the newborn state. There's no hurrying it really. You know, you just sit with it, and I think that's helped me. Sorry, that was completely ramb- rambled. So hopefully that made any kind of sense. It was perfect. It was perfect. I totally loved everything that you said and resonated with it a lot. I especially loved what you said there toward the end about sitting with those emotions um, and acknowledging them and reminding yourself that it's not going to be like this forever. You know, I... um one of the pieces of advice that I got when I was really struggling with postpartum depression after my second, um, one of my friends, because I, when I would talk to to this friend, I'd say like, you know, I'm just really, really struggling. I'm really sad. I, I'm having a really hard time, but I'm so lucky to be a mom and I shouldn't be feeling this way. And like, I'd always put in this, but like, but my feelings aren't valid. And, um, my friend said, what if you change that to an, and, you know, cause cause she's like, I know that you're so happy to be a mom. I know that you love your kids. Um, and it's okay that this is hard. So why not change that to, I'm really struggling and I'm really having a hard time. And I'm so lucky to be a mom and so in love with my kids, you know, and that actually made a huge difference for me. Yeah. I love that. I think that does make a huge difference. That's so good. I'm so glad that um, that this postpartum period has been like better for you. I mean, it's never easy. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing, um, especially with yeah the the three of them so close together in age and everything. You are just, I mean, every day for you is like beyond taxing. I I I just know that. I'm not even asking you. I'm just. I just know that, right? <laughs> it's it's a you know it's you're never bored. That is for sure. 
but yeah, it's, it's a period of time that, that I chose, like I, I wanted it and I'm so, I am so grateful. Like I, this is busy and it's hard. Like you were saying, it's busy and it's hard and it's wonderful and I'm very blessed for it, but it definitely, yeah, it does not excuse the fact that, yeah, I giving up for me, like with a newborn, giving up basically everything you're, you know, you're tied to a baby for, you know, who knows how long and that's hard. It's worth it. And it's hard. (laughs) It's worth it. And it's hard. Yes. It's worth it. And it's very hard. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, um, this has been perfect. I'm so grateful for this conversation and how it went. And I know that there's, um, women listening who will relate and who will be grateful for the things that you've said. Um, miscarriage is so common. Is it is it one in four women or is it one in four pregnancies? Do you know? One in four pregnancies, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought, but then I was like, wait, I'm not sure. Um, it is so common and... Um, it's like, it's actually ludicrous that women suffer in silence about this. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very, I I feel like, I, yeah, even when I was going through mine, the pharmacist handing me the medication, I was sobbing and he knew what it was for. And he, he told me his experience. He had two. Well, he, not personally, but his wife had two. And he said that, you know, he was... Um, just saying kind of her experience, you know, with, if it, you know, with the medications mm-hmm. and just, it was, it's amazing since having a miscarriage, just being open myself about it, how many people have experienced it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's everywhere. Um, like most women probably will experience it. It's, um, it's so common. And so I think talking about it is important and I'm glad that you're you're brave and open and willing to to talk about it um so if there was somebody listening who you talked about um that that was the darkest point of your life and if there's somebody who listening who they're just right there right now what's the number one thing you'd want them to know man it's I just that I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that that happened and I, I wish it didn't happen and I'm so sorry. And yeah. And I do know, like, it doesn't really help necessarily to say it'll get better, but it it will, you know, and for me, what helped, you know, not make it, not make the miscarriage. Okay. Itself was just not erasing, not erasing that experience. It happened. I wish it was different. I wish that baby I was able to raise that baby, but, um, but I don't need, yeah, to erase the experience. It had, it's valid. And, um, yeah, I, and I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about the good parts and the little parts and yeah, to whoever is experiencing it right now. I mean, I wish nobody would ever have to experience a miscarriage ever again, but you know, it, it will happen and, and I'm so sorry. And, but it's, yeah, your experience um, yeah, is valid and important. That's perfect. I 
I love what you said about not not erasing it. Um, I think probably honoring that baby in some way, um, like how you talked earlier about how how you said that first experience of becoming a mom belongs to that baby and everything. Um, that that's probably important. Um, yeah, I I love that. Everything that you've said has been perfect. I'm so grateful that you came on here and oh, you're so nice. And I'm so sorry that you experienced that, but I'm so glad that you're um, willing to talk about it. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for letting me talk about it. I think that's great. I'm happy to talk about it. Oh, of course. Of course. And thank you, listener, for listening. Um, and we'll catch you on the next episode.